what I realized is you can't replicate my voice. Yeah. And like you can like samples. I don't have the money to sample. I didn't meet Jay Z, but you can sample yourself and you can create original content that no one else is thinking to make because they didn't even think to do the first part. Yeah. And that's what I've started to get into with this album and with my future stuff. Like taking sounds that I've made myself and then turning them into like you can't replicate that. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, you are listening to Cavern of Secrets, live from the cave. <laughs> um, today's guest on the podcast is Havaya Mighty. She just put out an amazing album in the spring of this year called 13th Floor, and that album went on to win the Polaris Prize, which is a big fucking deal. Um, for all of our American listeners who don't know what the Polaris Prize is, it's a Canadian music prize uh, that you get longlisted for, and then you get shortlisted for, and then when you win, you win a big old pile of cash um, and some some notoriety and just like the means to keep moving and keep creating art and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation with Afaya. She's super, super interesting, mega talented, and you're going to get to hear about her very musical family, which is really cute and very wholesome. So uh, I hope you enjoy. I'm super excited that you won the Polaris. Like, that's extremely tight. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Have you been like, how's it been since you since you won all that money? <laughs> yeah. Um, It's been kind of the same still. Yeah. Um, you know, doing a lot of shows, trying to stay busy, continuing to put that album in a live format in as many places as possible. So just touring in different places in terms of money, um, more so that's just future plans, figuring out what's next, uh, where we can allocate the money and how best can we continue to spread the messages that are in 13th Floor and create a wider audience for the project, for me as an artist and just kind of everything under that umbrella. Um I think what's really cool about the Polaris is, I guess, the fact that not only the money that comes with it that can go into further investing into your craft, but also just the perception of what it means to be a Polaris winner and how that reflects with concert promoters and their how they see the value of your live show, yeah. for example. So just kind of witnessing those changes and, and seeing the possibilities for what they are and I guess seeing how much growth, like when I look back to the beginning of this year till now, mm -hmm. uh, just kind of really trying to like recognize that there's so much growth that's that's happened. Yeah. And yeah, I think when you like make art and then you put it out into the world, like you don't want to set your expectations <laughs> super high. Like you yeah. have goals and stuff, but it's like you don't want to be like, well, I'm going to release my album then win the Polaris. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I definitely didn't tell myself that. I think the only thing you can do is make the project as good as possible and make it eligible for the thing you think it has the potential to possibly mm -hmm. win and that's all you can do yeah and i feel like this album is so like to me it really sounds like super reflective of someone who's like open to learning and who is constantly trying to learn to unlearn to do all those things that like we have to do as adults and like mm -hmm. to constantly be sort of figuring that out and one thing i really liked is that it always felt like it feels like you were taking what you were learning, put it in the album, but it also feels like you're just super willing to be, to have a dialogue. Like the album feels like open to conversation and open to new things. And like that kind of, I get that vibe about you as like a person, you know what I mean? Just from that. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it translates like that because I do think I'm, I'm that kind of person. And when you think about some of the themes that I touch on on the album, 
for example, like a song on the album 13, and I'm talking about the relation between slavery and our current jail system and talking about the slave trade and the elements that made it up and the things that constitute anti-blackness. And I'm talking about these these themes that, that can obviously constitute discomfort for the listener, depending on what the listener looks like. Or My intention when giving the information is for there to be a dialogue based on the information and honestly, for it to be received as factual information and not as my opinion. So the way I present the song is not for the facts to be disputed. That's why I was really happy to have stumbled upon the 13th Amendment when I did, was because I've always had the opinion uh, that I put into that song, but not the factual basis to back it up, and therefore never had the confidence as a black woman to write a song from a perspective that people would say, oh, well, she's a black woman, of course she'd think that. Yeah. And then there goes the message. You lose the opportunity for the song to do what you want for it to do because you look like the type of person that would make that song. So there's yeah. this expectation that the bias comes you know what i mean yep, and so for yep. me like i felt empowered to have the factual evidence of the 13th amendment so the song was no longer about me and my opinions but yeah i don't know kind of rambling a bit no that's like <laughs> the other thing i really liked about that song and like the name of the album is the sort of relation to this idea like the that 13 is like it doesn't exist or it's unlucky or like when you're people leave out the 13th floor right. of a building but there's still a fucking 13th floor you know what i mean like <laughs> You know, there's not just like a space of emptiness where it doesn't exist. Yeah. And like people love, especially white people, we love to be like, well, like that's like I wasn't born then. Yeah. So like I don't really see what this has to do with me. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, but those things happen and then you're still benefiting from those systems. Right. right? It's yeah, it, it's I you call all the parallels, but just the the parallels between the dismissiveness of of 13 and kind of like the umbrella of it. So like the number uh, which associate we, we associate with dates, uh, th- Friday the 13th and then with buildings and then look just how far it goes based on yeah. things that most of us don't understand. And the, the, the parallels with the dismissiveness that I felt in my life, like even the comment and so many people say it and not even just white people. Uh, but a lot of white people do say that I don't see color. And it's like, when when you, what, the statement, see, here's the thing. When I hear the statement, I do understand what the person is trying to say. And so my dialogue response would be to get them to understand that by saying that you're dismissing the fact that you do see that I'm black. You can see that. Like yeah. we and the fact that others can see that is makes up the experiences I'm speaking on that when you say I don't see color, you're dismissing all of the people that do as it like and so it's like my approach is always with the intention to open up like the mind so that the ill the ignorance will not be so willful. And yeah. then if it is then then we don't have to talk anymore. <laughs> right? Like if the right yeah. and that's 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 the goal. Um it's not to be upset or, or anything like that because I also don't have the expectation for someone who's not a black woman to understand what it's like to be one. And that's why I make the music that I do. And it's not specific to that. I make music about a lot of topics. But when I talk about these themes, it's because I recognize that a lot of people might not know quite, they might even have ideas. But when you listen to a song, it's like, well, I couldn't write a song quite from that perspective, not being that the same way that I, like me, not, I wouldn't be able to write from other perspectives that aren't mine quite in the ways that I wrote this. Yeah that record or particular songs on that record um there's a bunch of songs on that on your record that are like to me are like should be fucking playing on the radio yeah you know what i mean like people should be hearing it because they're bops yeah like and there's it's just good writing you know and (laughs) like you are involved sort of all the way down right like you do 
like writing, obviously you sing, you rap, and then you're involved in the production as well, right? Like, yeah, I'm so lucky. Like, I'm so lucky to ha- to be as involved in the creation of my music as I am. Like, so lucky because I get the opportunity to have a say throughout the whole process. And like, I'm also learning like through working with other people in the past and not having that kind of like input and also just seeing other people that are at the level that I'm at or, or above. Like a lot of people don't have as much say in each part of the process of creating a song as I do. And I'm really lucky and I would love to retain that. I record my own vocals. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I recorded half of 13th floor in my basement (laughs) That's sick. <laughs> yeah, and the other half I recorded at a studio, but still I recorded myself in this room just with a mic slightly better than the one we're talking on right now. Um, but yeah, this is actually a really good mic. I, this is a re- very good uh, mic for my voice for recording. Like, I usually rent it when... Yeah, well, we got it just because... It's just because, just because I'm knew. here. Intrinsically oh, new. shit. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, I record my own vocals for the most part. Um and I generally tune my own vocals too. And I'm very particular about like vocal editing. So like what I want to do with my voice, I like to mess with it and I try to utilize it as an instrument. But sometimes that requires like playing around with it because I don't know, I like what I sing might not be what I, I edit yeah. it like and it's gonna change. Um, so I like to have a lot of control over what my vocal does. Um, and I can I can account for that when I'm recording in my house and I have the stems and then I can send it off after the fact. Uh, but I'm just generally open to working with producers that are open to my input. Yeah. Um, because I find I often have input for a song that I'm going to do. Like it just goes deeper than just wanting to write now. Sometimes I'm like, oh, but I want that, like the part at the end of the hook, I want the bass line to like drop and do this instead. And like if... I can work with a producer who can sit in a room and do it for me or someone that's open to sending me the file so I can replace the baseline myself. Um, As long as there's like flexibility in the process of the creation, I'm open to working with other people uh, because I do like other people's input in in a record and I'm not like, I'm not DIY in the like, I can do everything myself way. I'm just DIY in the like, I want my input to be considered way. Yeah. So. And like, you vision. Like, you're fucking art, man. So it's like, at the end of the day, I get that. It's like, one of the things I always have enjoyed about, like, I I do stand-up comedy on occasion. Nah, I can tell. <laughs> that you. doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I always liked about it is that, like, if it's if you get on stage and you bomb, like, that's on you. But if you get on stage and you fucking kill it, that's also you. Like, yeah. it's your shit that you made from start to finish. You got up on stage, you did the thing, you performed the thing, and it's you. In some ways, it's a bit selfish, you know what I mean? But it's also, like... When you have a vision, you want to follow it through to the end. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously you do sometimes need people to help you make that thing happen, whatever that is. But, like, I'm with you. I think it's, like, I want to have control over what's happening. And I want to at least be able to express my vision to the people I'm working with in a way that I can sense that they're like, oh, yes, I see this. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's, like, it's not insulting producers. It's not an insult. Like... If I'm working with a producer, it's because they did something that I can't straight up. So, and I'm going to pay you accordingly and give you the split. So, like, I'm treating you with respect from that level. And if I want to make one little change to the baseline, or I want to add something to the snare, anything that I want to like add, and I'm and I'm willing to work with you on it, 
it's so not insulting. It just means that I want to make this beautiful thing that you've made a little more me because I'm going to have to perform it 50 fucking thousand times. <laughs> and I want to love it as much as the last time each time I have to do it. I want to like give life to the song the way it deserves. And somehow you've made this thing that like I like 98.2% of the way and I just want... <laughs> one or two change yeah. that will make it more me because I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life and it's going to come out as a Hawaii Mighty record. And so in those instances, like I really would probably have my reservations about working with someone who's not willing to work with me in that regard. And if you can't, that's cool. Some people are DIY, do it all myself. That's cool if that works for you. I, I depending on the record, like I know where I'm willing to bend and where I'm not. And I know where... I don't have room for input, and when I do, it's easy when you work with people who kind of have the same vision as you, or at least understand what your vision is, because they can understand the decisions you're making. Yeah. But if you're not working, you know, with the person, they send a beat. They're just uh, their beat is their baby. Yeah. And when you start making changes to their baby, it's like, yo, like, nah, like I've had this beat for like six months, and like I'm used to it sounding like this. So like I don't like that change. And it's like, okay, but like the song's about to change, bro. Like I'm about to write to it. It's gonna be mine now. Yeah. I'm paying you for it's ours still, but you have to understand now it's our baby. And like when you have a baby with somebody, you gotta compromise. So. Um, what are other than like working on your own show, what are you listening to now? Oh, where's my phone? Yeah, whip it out. Sorry, I didn't mean uh, to say it changes. It, out. <laughs> <laughs> it changes a lot. Um, some of my friends were listening to like Marvin Gaye a lot recently, so I was listening to a lot of. He just has so much music, like huge catalog. So um, so much music, and I don't know a lot about the catalog. Like I feel like there's a lot of research that's required, and there's always every time like I stumble upon someone's like catalog, I'm like, wow, how did I not know how deep it ran, or like how did I not realize that this song has been sampled this many times? Yeah. So listening to like Marvin Gaye and because of Spotify. It, the playlist started going to some places and some debarge is making its way into my yes, Spotify, uh, right? So I feel like I'm listening to a lot of that. Um, uh, on a whole other note, I was listening to the new DaBaby record. Um, yes. And he's cool. I like his yeah, flow. I like him too. Um, he's also just like cute. Yeah. I just want to like pinch his cheeks <laughs> and be like, you're freaking cute, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he has like a, a cool energy. Yeah. Which I feel like, I feel... A lot of people seem to like like him, and I feel like that's an energy thing. Like yeah. I don't know, like people watch his interviews and they're just like, I don't know why, but I just like this dude. And everybody seems to not really know why, but they also seem to know that they like him. And I'm yeah. like, that's energy. Yeah, that's that's intrinsic. It's like deeper than words. Um, I heard this like song on a plane uh, when I was in Europe, and I don't I don't even think I know how to pronounce this guy's name. Um, it's spelled A S G E I R. Or is that the name of the song? I don't know. I don't... Or the, yeah, I think that's his name, and the song's called Lefandi Vatnio. Don't know what language this is in. I was in Iceland when I heard this, and it was on a plane, and it's literally like just like a, a piano and vocal song. I don't know the words. I don't know what he's saying, but Shazam, because it was sick. <laughs> and like, yeah, like so that I was listening to for about a week. Yeah. And... Those types of songs even influence my sound. It's weird, yeah. man. Like you can pull inspiration from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I I get that. I like. I think that's super cool. Um, have you listened to the to Ari Lennox? She just put on a record. She also did a tiny desk concert recently. Oh, she just has a fucking voice. Like very She's unlike incredible. that sort of like 
because I like SZA as well, like that whole sort of like, like almost softer, like a bit breathier, so like FK Twigs, that kind of like yeah, style yeah, yeah, of R&B. Yeah, yeah. But she's just like on some old school, like I'm singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, she's just got a fucking voice and a half. You know what I mean? I like, there's a bunch of cool clips of her like singing live and the Tiny Desk concert is great. And she's I'm just like, that yeah, out. she's a fucking force. She's got an amazing voice. Yeah, I was really upset when I didn't get a chance to catch her. Um... Was it Manifesto? I think it was. Oh yeah. Yeah, because she was like the the head the headliner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was pretty upset that I didn't get a chance to, to check her out there. Um, I I like the record a lot that she has with Cole. That was my introduction, um, to her catalog, and I I want to hear more the Tiny Desk, uh, performance. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. When people have those kind of voices that are so big, and when they sing, it just they're just Fills like, a room. Yeah, but yeah. you're like they're just like singing, and you're yeah. like, this is so easy for you. Yeah. But I'm like. Yeah, flat against the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean. And as somebody who sings, I don't sing like that. Trust me, I understand. <laughs> After seven years, that's not my lane. <laughs> I, I I have lessons to know that's not my lane. And I, so for me, from a technicality perspective, I also respect it so much yeah. because I know how much control of your diaphragm you have to have to be able to do that. How much breath control you have to have. How much actual like natural just God given talent you yeah. also have to have um, that I don't have. And like I'm very into music i i have a great ear i feel like i know enough about how things sound to know what notes i can't hit and to know where my range cuts off yeah. <laughs> so i really 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 respect the artists that can like that can kind of hit like different envelopes that like for me are kind of like part of this is like your your skill and your 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 abilities and part of this like was given to you like yep. you know and it's amazing yeah it's absolutely unreal like no one no one taught Aretha Franklin how to sing like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Like that's just that came from yeah. that that that's built in. That's in your that's in your DNA. That's in your blood. Yeah, that's like I I love that, and I'm so jealous of that as well. Yeah. I'm jealous of people who can sing like that, and I'm jealous of people who are like naturally very good dancers. You know, <laughs> me too. My sister. Uh, who, who's in Wishy Washy? I'm not. I, I try not to be jealous because she she's my choreographer, so I, I get a little bit of help. <laughs> I have like rhythm. Yeah. As a rapper, I would hope. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to like dancing, like, and that's the thing too. Like, I feel like I'm in this weird thing where like some people like look at me and they're like, oh, like you're such a good dancer. And whenever someone says that, I like laugh, like belly aching <laughs> laugh because I grew up in a household with like a sister who like is a, like. She tap dances. She does like competitive tap, competitive hip hop. She did ballet and jazz. And like, this is someone who actually, like I took one hip hop class and I wasn't even the best one. And like, <laughs> I just know that I don't consider myself to be a dancer. So it's funny when people are like, wow, you're such a good dancer. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like, but it's it's also like, I fooled you. So yeah, that's doing something right. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that you work with your sister and your brother and like you have such a cool musical art family like oh thank you when i was i do feel like i've actually had wishy-washy stuck in my head since may so (laughs) (laughs) congratulations (laughs) um what we tried to do (laughs) yeah and it's just like i loved when like she joined you at the like the polaris i was like this is the fucking cutest thing i've ever seen you know like do you find like we were talking about like working with the right people and working with people who see our vision like is that like a big reason of working with family is just like those people fucking know you yeah for some people like d- depending on family dynamic it actually like could be worse or harder to work with family yep. um for me it's it's not quite like that um it's it's easier because they're talented mm-hmm. um all of we we all had music lessons i had uh singing lessons while i had singing all of my sisters had piano lessons 
Um, so like my uh, my sister actually was the one playing the piano as well. That's another one of my sisters. Damn. At the Polaris. Yeah. And like people don't even really know that, but she's like the first. She's the first mighty sister. And she's like, she's probably the start. Like she's insane. She's perfect pitch. Like if I sing a note, she could tell me what note that is right now. Like she could write it out on a staff and like on a blank piece of paper. Like she's insane. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, she's a piano teacher and a pian- and a singing teacher and a, and and a high school teacher. So she sets some high standards for all of us. Um, yeah, I'm like feeling like I'm not living up to your oldest sister, <laughs> and I'm the oldest sister in my family. <laughs> yeah, she's a lot, and like that was the where it started. And then my other two sisters, they both play the piano as well, and they can all sing. None of them have had singing lessons, but they can all sing. So the lessons I had. It's like they can all do that too, and like I can't play the piano the ways they can, and I'm a little salty about it still. But <laughs> I like dibble dabble, so it's all right. Like I use my ear, you know. Um, but like they are just like really, really, really talented people. Involving them just makes the most sense, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're just talented, and they can do stuff I can't do. Like piano is my favorite instrument, probably because I grew up hearing class- classical music in the household at all times. Yeah. <laughs> And you can even hear that in some of my music, the chord yep. progressions that I gravitate towards um, and the fact that piano is in a lot of the elements of the records that I do even yeah, that comes from them. So like to involve them is just like a natural step. That's so amazing. And that's like really wholesome. <laughs> Thank you. Did your were your parents like they noticed you guys could all like sing and had like an inclination and they were like, all right, let's get these. Let's get the mighty sisters <laughs> in a girl group and put them in the put them in the new conservatory or was that like something you guys consciously were like interested in like how did that kind of start that you were four years old like competing for that kind of shit i think it really started with my oldest sister um alicia i think with her like as a young person she just responded to music in a way that for my parents it was like okay we're paying a lot of attention to our first child oh she seems to really be resonating to like sounds mm-hmm. well, let's facilitate that interest and then with the rest of us i think by the time they had their next daughter my sister novlet there's probably a piano in the home and mm-hmm. alicia's practicing away and and the other daughter starts responding to music and then we all just kind of you know it was yeah. just like and like music like i don't know if it's in the blood but like i think it's somewhat in the in the lineage you like and you know i look at like like footage of us when we were younger and like I see that we were all very responsive to music at a very mm-hmm. young age I don't, I don't know if it's just because it was there yeah. I think you know people in general are responsive to music yeah and you know they even say like with music like learning music gives you gives a young person like the the development of the brain uh changes when music is introduced really early yeah. um in in positive ways and I don't know what research or what understanding my parents had of that at that time. Maybe that was a part of it, too. But maybe they could see through their first daughter, like, what that was able to do in the ways that, like, because she's, she's a smart cookie. Like, she's she's a smart cookie. And, like, I think a lot of that comes from, even when I think about the concept of reading music, like, yeah. I, I took lessons with her briefly for, like, four months when I was uh, still working at Long and McQuaid. And... It was just like, like, what could I learn? And I learned a little bit about like fingering and stuff like that. But like, it was so hard for me, like when it came to reading music, first of all, because my ear already like functions like rapid. So like, it's like hard to like have to think about the note when I can just hear the note. And like, it's just, it it sounds like that. Can can you, and I can find it on the keyboard way faster than I can like find it in my brain. Yeah. The notation that it's supposed to be. Um, 
so yeah, it's just like I can communicate with them without knowing theory because we all have like an ear yeah. for music. We grew up, we were like the Blighty sisters. Back when we were taking lessons in our like in the New Conservatory of Music in Scarborough, we were in like the Share music newspaper. Um, sorry, in the newspaper in the music section. And we were doing that stuff. We were on a CD that was given out for charity for breast cancer. And we were like doing a lot of this stuff really young. And I remember performing at like airports and Carabana and little stuff like this. And back then, I remember not loving to perform as much as I do now. And, yeah. you know, finding... Oh, dropped my phone. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, find you. Find, I found a love uh, in music, you know. Like, w- when I started, I wasn't nearly as confident. I'm, I'm naturally somewhat introverted. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. And I'm learning, like, how to come out of my shell. Yeah. Even through doing interviews and, like, having to, like, talk about yourself for 45 minutes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that used to be, like, a lot harder for me to do because I think I'm like extroverted in ways and then introverted in ways like a lot of us are. um, But through being, being uh, more confident on stage, um, my personality comes out a lot more in like other facets too. And like through my sisters, like their, their own confidence in me and like just having critiques in the household that are like really like particular about music has made me like good at music. Yeah. So, like, now I feel like I just have to be, like, critical of other things. Like, I don't have to be as critical of being a good musician because my standard for myself is really high. Yeah. So, it's not just, like, what does your outfit look like? <laughs> what is the song saying? Like, still important things. Yeah. Some more than the other. Yeah. But it's usually not, like, I don't have to think so much about, like, am I good at writing? Yeah. I don't have to really think about that anymore because I'm surrounded by people. I was writing with my sisters. Um, I've been performing for so many years. And like being judged for it, like yeah. I, we went through adjudication process every, from the age of four till eleven. Every annual whatever, when you the new conservatory has their scholarship portion, and we do the ceremonies, you're performing for trophies, and you're yep. per- from the age of four. So like my competitiveness, my like musicality, like that's like kind of instilled. Like it's over ten years of doing that, right? And they. Like, I mean, they say 10 years is what you need, but like yeah. whether it's specifically 10 or not, like that that's, you know, thanks to them, my sisters, my family, like the consideration now is just to like really like facilitate myself through it all. So, um, yeah. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming through and like sitting in this weird box room with me with our expensive <laughs> microphones. Yes. It's been fun um, though. Yeah. And you're going on tour when you playing in Toronto. Give Ooh. the people what they want. <laughs> I should know this off the top of my head. Let's edit out this silence while I find it. <laughs> we are in Toronto. Yeah, the next show um, is Halifax Pop Explosion. Oh, tight. On the 26th. Uh, and I'm also playing another show on the 26th in Halifax where I'm opening for the Arkells, which is pretty sick. Damn, that's going to be a crazy show. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Then um, we're playing a, a festival called Saga City in Mississauga on the Sunday. I was on the 27th, so that's close to Toronto. Okay, is uh, Party Next Door going to be there? Because I feel like he might have at this point uh, trademarked Saga City. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I have a feeling he might not be there, yeah. but it would be very nice if he was. I'd like to get that, get my autograph. Um... Yeah, and then we, uh, I'm playing t- 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 at the top of November, Edmonton. I'm playing an Edmonton show at the Rec Room on November the 7th. That's my first headline show out there. And I've never played in Edmonton, so that will be dope. And then the day after that, Calgary for Femme Wave Festival. 
Uh, and then, yeah, playing playing with the sorority and snotty nose res kids starting November 14th out in BC. We have Ottawa show, a Toronto show. Yeah. yeah. Get on Google. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have everything up on the website. Everyone <laughs> listening, just do the Google, you know? Just do the Google. <laughs> we gave you enough information to do the Google, I feel like. <laughs> These diamonds, they shine on my teeth I'm way too fly for my feet Try me, I'm wild as a beast Linus, Barias, and violence is all that I try not to preach The road to Zion I reached I know you see that I'm buzzing like vibe to the zine Right to the beat, marry the snare I make your whole squad very aware Yeah, this a slow song Still there's no long talk This the blood clot, stereo slayer You making very low paper You one-dimensional, I made it various layers I made a career with no stencil Climb the crescendo, I leave you behind Lo siento, I do not complain the reason you still around me but I slow up the tempo like this oh my 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 I can't wait for you don't cry 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 time to make a move oh my 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 Them bugs off her business. She want a big bird and some thickness. She look like they're rapping for Christmas. But she just is selling no chicken. Vegetarian, I'm way ahead. I don't eat it, but I'm baking bread. So come and see me at the ATM. And your team is full of shaky men. I get green off what my agent says. Go ahead, shucking job. Entertain all your Caucasian friends. You do whatever just to chase a trend. But when you need them, ain't no vacant beds. Now you really gotta make amends. Like a weave, you been the fakest head. Had to leave you, now the weight is less. Best believe my team is playing chess. Check me. Oh my, 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 my. I can't wait for you. Don't cry, 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 cry. Time to make a move. Oh my, 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 my. That was my conversation with Havaya Mighty. Uh, she's amazing, and you definitely need to cop her album, 13th Floor, if you haven't already. Fucking Polaris Prize winning. Absolutely chock full of bangers. So don't say I didn't tell you. You know, as um, Havaya was leaving our beautiful studio, uh, we got to talking a bit about fashion stuff like what is an appropriate look or what's like an appropriate way to dress when you're in the public eye and just like how when you are someone who does things publicly like you do have to think about that more we were talking a lot about like dressing in a way that looks I don't want to say like dressing cool but you know what I mean dressing in a way that like looks fashionable that looks hip that makes people sort of look at you and be like oh that fucking person is like looks like someone I should be paying attention to and just talking about that in relation to money and especially in Canada it's already so hard I'm pretty sure you can't write a fucking grant 
request or a grant proposal to the Canada Council and be like, actually, I just like need to look really fly. So could you just give me like $50,000 so I can go look as good as Drake does or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that shit is part of your job. So I have a friend who's a comedian, shout out to Robbie Hoffman. Um, you should watch Robbie's special on Crave. Uh, she's one of the funniest fucking people I've ever met in my life. Um, Robbie used to be an accountant. Uh, so she had a real pivot in her career. Uh, one time we were talking, we were like out for dinner or something and we were talking about, uh, we're talking about taxes cause that is what cool people talk about. Uh, and Robbie who is, like Larry David trapped in the body of a 30 something lesbian was like, Lauren, you know, you can expense everything. What you wear on stage, your socks, your pants, your sweat, like anything, everything you wear on stage, anything you take and do for comedy, like you can expense that shit. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> but also like, I'm not as successful as you are as a comedian. So, uh, you know, I'm probably not gonna take that advice, but, um, it was something interesting to think about, right? Like that's part of the business of getting on stage is people seeing you and seeing your clothes. And like, what does that mean for someone who is kind of on the rise, who's up and coming and who is going to be judged for what they look like and for how they're presenting themselves in front of other people. And like, I even think of that shit, you know, in my own life. And like, for me, there's this like added thing to it, which is that I'm not, skinny and I am like have huge boobs <laughs> and frankly like I've been in situations where bosses of mine who were women came and like told me that what I was wearing wasn't appropriate because like my boobs are big and it's like I wasn't wearing anything different than one of my thin like smaller breasted coworkers. Do you know what I mean? Like we were wearing the exact same thing and I'm the person who gets told like, that's not appropriate for the office. That has happened to me multiple times and it's almost always women bosses that say that shit to me. So it's just interesting to think about like the ways in which you present yourself, even just on like a micro level, like you're just going to work, you're, you know, you work in a job, it's like in an office, like 30 people see you, you know what I mean? And you still get, you still have that kind of anxiety. You still get that kind of stress about like, what do I look like? How am I presenting? Like, I think a lot of the times people, like fat people, people who are not thin think like, do I look sloppy? Like something that doesn't look sloppy on a thin person, like looks fucking sloppy on me or is perceived to look sloppy because like, that's my body type. And in some ways, like you just have to get to a point where you're like, fuck it, I have to be me. This is, I feel like, you know, Dear, dear listeners, this was a bit of a ramble, but it is something I think about a lot, you know, just the way in which you have to go out in the world with clothes on and like what that means for different people and, and what that means for me and what that means for me in different arenas of my life. So, um, you know, just wanted to bring you guys in a little inside scoop to the conversation that that we were having sort of outside the studio and the mics were turned off because uh, it, it gave me a lot of food for thought, as we say in the biz. All right, well, that's it for me here in the Cavern of Secrets. This show was executive produced by Katie Jensen, and our producer is Alan Payne-Smith. Our theme music is by Bianca Giulione, and our show artwork is by Nick Ilozada. Thanks so much to Sarah Daniel and Vicky Mochama for their editorial support. And as always, a huge thank you to Unchman Itamsetti, my beautiful and original producer. If you're in Toronto, come to our friggin' live show. It's going to be amazing. It's on October 27th. It's at the Review Cinema in Roncesvalles. We've got great guests like Kyrell Grant, 
Marlo Granados, and Mary H.K. Choi, plus more. You can buy tickets online. Go do it now. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Cavern of Secrets. You can follow me if that's something you're into. I'm at Internet Lauren. And please subscribe, share, and leave a review if you feel so inclined. That's it. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>